Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Spilled Tea. I'm your host, Emmy Morgan, and I have a fabulous co-host with me. His name is Frank. Say hi, Frank. Hi, everyone. My name is Frank. Nice to be here today. (laughs) And I met Frank through a mutual friend. And she's like, oh, you have to meet my friend Frank. He's so fabulous. He likes to write, too. And I'm like, okay, sure. I'll I'll meet him if you're awesome of a friend. Of course, I'm going to meet one of your friends. And Frank and I totally click, like she said. (laughs) Huh? I was going to say, she's, yeah, her name's Jessica. She's an amazing person. I've known her for years. Emily, so far, I've seen is another amazing person. So I'm excited oh, to be thanks, here. Thanks, babe. Yeah, so um, I asked Frank if he wanted to join me, and he's like, absolutely. Um, I just love his energy. He's so fun. Yeah, so um, very quickly, if you want to tell us your bio, Quick overview bio. I, I like to say dating profile bio, if you wish, and then we can go <laughs> right into our topic. So go right ahead, darling. Say whatever you wish. Oh boy. Where to start? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, so my name's Frank. I grew up in um, Indian Orchard in a little part in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, and I feel like because of that, I've been, like, I'm very thankful for who I've become because of my past and everything. I feel like everything happens for a reason. So I was lucky to, in a way, to have the lifestyle I had to be able to grow and be as open-minded as possible. And by the time I reached, I want to say, like, ninth, tenth grade, I was really starting to figure out who I was as an individual. I um, had I didn't, I didn't really know what my sexuality was as an individual um, growing up. I knew the sort of feeling it was, but back then there, the internet wasn't big. We didn't have all that research to know like what is gay, what is bisexual, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, I identify as gay and it, um, yeah, like that journey was, a little bit difficult, but at the same time, a lot of accepting people in my life. I've been writing since I was six, seven years old. And yeah, I just, I'm definitely a fun loving person. I'm passionate, caring. I like to think smart and funny. <laughs> and, yeah, it's a little bit, a little synopsis, I guess. <laughs> and um, for those of you who don't know Massachusetts at all, because you must 
I think most people think after Worcester, the state stops. Um, Frank is from Western Mass, which is where I'm from. And when he mentioned Springfield, um, Indian Orchard is a part of Springfield, almost like Dorchester is a part of Boston. So Indian Orchard isn't Springfield proper, but it is a part of Springfield. Um, it's got its own zip code. It's got its own um, name, but it, it relies on Springfield for everything. Frank, how many siblings do you have? So I grew up as an only child, but I do have mm-hmm. um, three half-siblings, and okay. they, they grew up in California. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say, I know one of them's in Colorado now. I've... Mm-hmm. I want to say I've only met one of them in person. Okay. Um, okay. I want to say recently, one. Um, they didn't know about me for years. I kind of knew about them. Oh. Um, because yeah, like my my dad, my mom was pretty much the main person in my life. My dad mm-hmm. wasn't really in my life due to certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I ended up kind of growing up single parent, only child. Um, but when the one that I did meet, um, were very alike, <laughs> I could tell, and we kind of <laughs> look alike, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that was just the upbringing there. I mean, I, it would be cool to meet the other two someday in person. And everybody, Frank is the, he's got like one of those faces where you're just like, oh my God, you're adorable. And I, I don't. That's all I can. That's the only way I can describe it. He's just adorable. Um, what is your social media? If you like people to follow you on, like Instagram or Twitter. Um, I actually. So, well, Facebook is. I want to just say Frank Deluzio as the mm-hmm. after the Facebook.com. Let me. I just want to double check. Like, do you have something like um, for like Instagram or Facebook? Because because I know people don't like giving out their Facebook just because it's a little bit more personal. And like, I don't give out my Facebook because I feel like it's just a little bit too personal. Um, I do have Instagram and Twitter, Real Emmy Morgan. Um, also the same on Snapchat if you guys want to follow that, but. Uh, we'll talk about that later. It's fine. We can get to that. So, well, I have uh, my my Instagram is F yeah. Deluzio twelve, um, and Deluzio is D I L U Z I O. My Facebook used to be more on the personal side, um, but when I started mm-hmm. my um, small business, it definitely cleared out. <laughs> so it's definitely more um, transparent now, and not mm-hmm. as like deep not like I don't want to say not as deep but just I don't know I guess I definitely keep more of the personal stuff off lately in the past couple of years yeah that's that's a good idea especially with the breaching and all that and they even said that the 10-year challenge um is a bad thing because it shows I guess see okay they're trying to say that if you post with the 10-year challenge, it shows insurance companies how you age. That makes no sense. And then the insurance companies will charge you higher premium. This makes no sense because if you are a free-thinking person, instead of just regurgitating that, 
you will realize that some people like myself, I have group insurance. So it doesn't matter how I age. I still get the same premium as my coworkers. So I'm going to take the 10-year challenge. I'm okay with it. Actually, mine was more funny because, you know, 10 years ago I was a boy. So it was kind of funny because I put up my 10-year challenge and I made this weird face, and then I made a weird face this year. So mine was like, I I think I put, did you see that? I put the caption like, this 10-year challenge doesn't make sense. I look the same. This is stupid. Like, I was trying to make a lot of it, but whatever. I did see that. You did I see it? Yeah. This, was, this was one of my favorite. Me, I was just like an emo <laughs> But and then, mine wasn't as fun. Yeah, yours was, I was a bit surprised. I couldn't believe, like, blonde Frank. And then, like, the, the moody pose. I was like, wow. So, yeah. I didn't yeah, expect the blonde, that. Fun fact. <laughs> I was a big yeah. Aaron Carr fan, so uh, that was that kind of described the blonde long hair, and then right after. Oh, uh, wow! Now it makes sense. Okay. Yep, Aaron I didn't know Carter. <laughs> huh. Um, my favorite ten-year challenge was something that I accidentally put out. So my coworker and I were talking about how Post Malone kind of looks like Shia LaBeouf's messy brother. And so I put the two up, and then I put Shia first and then Post. And then my friend, Clayton Chitty, ended up putting the same picture and saying 10-year challenge. Oh, my God, I was dying because it's like – they look so much alike, and I never it never even occurred to me to put that up as a 10 year challenge. But I feel like um, I'm my, woke. my uh, I never <laughs> yeah, if you look at you have to go to my Instagram and see it, they look so much alike, except obviously Post has more tats, but their facial features oh, my, it creeped me out. My friend said it at work, but my favorite other two are um. Cher and Morgan Freeman, it's the same exact picture, just one says 1921 and one says 2019, and they look the same. <laughs> oh, you guys are awful. The internet is so mean. <laughs> it is. The internet is so mean. I, we are totally low-key laughing because it's kind of true. I bet you Morgan Freeman was, like, born with the same exact, like, like he looks the same it's when I was a kid. And same with Cher, so whatever. Anyway, um, let's get started on some topics. Yeah. First up, just to get it out of the way, let's just talk about uh, surviving R. Kelly. Uh, I think the world needs to just weigh in on this because this had me in my feelings. Um, now, I've seen all six parts. You haven't, but that's totally okay. Um so let me it's totally please do because you can have an opinion um so let me just tell you what i saw for the six parts maybe you can get like an opinion from there um so basically what happened was r kelly was meeting young girls okay and when i mean young i mean typically around the age of 14 that's when it started 
back in the 90s, he would meet young girls and he would have sex with them. But these girls were so enamored of the fact that he's R. Kelly, the R&B star, they would do whatever he wanted. And, you know, I think a lot of people, especially myself, I was just like, okay, how do I put this? So for me, there are certain celebrities where I just go gaga over. Henry Cavill, Jonathan Scott from Property Brothers, um, Josh Murray from The Bachelorette. I go gaga over these guys. I think there's an old saying where it's, oh, my God, do whatever you want to me. Like when you see some guy that you're in love with, like Chris Evans, do whatever you want. See, for me, literally. I have kind of related because I know like Leonardo DiCaprio and myself have a pretty big mm-hmm. age difference. And I, mm-hmm. he would have shared the door with me in Titanic. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> well, you're both really light, so it's fine. But I, ho- yeah, no, I, just, I don't know his exact weight. I'm gaining weight, so I don't know. Maybe oh, shush, please, please. <laughs> Your gaining weight and my gaining weight are two totally different beasts. I don't even <laughs> want to hear it. Um, no, but I think that the reason why R. Kelly was, and he wasn't really controlling these girls, what would happen was he would get into, quote, relationships with them, mostly sexual, and then move them into his mansion in Chicago and Atlanta and that's where they would stay. They would ask him to eat. They would ask him to um, come out of their rooms. Um, they had bathrooms in their rooms, so they could use the facilities there. Um, it was a cult. And the backstory, which I found out, I, one of my friends, she found out that I had watched it, and she sent me an interview with R. Kelly's brother, Carrie, um, Carrie Kelly. So there were four Kelly siblings. There was um, Teresa, I think Bruce, then R. Kelly, then Carrie Kelly. Carrie Kelly was the baby. R. Kelly was the second. Apparently, their sister, Teresa, and this is what Carrie Kelly's saying, their sister, Teresa, would sexually abuse R. Kelly and him when they were kids. Now, R. Kelly responded by, he liked it. He liked to be, so it wasn't abuse to him. It was fun for him. But Carrie Kelly felt abused and used. And I guess what she would do is she would say, you know, the mom was off to work because the dad wasn't around. So the mom was off to work. And Teresa was watching the kids, and she would say, oh, Carrie, you're in trouble because you did X, Y, and Z, so you have to stay in the house with me. And that's when she would abuse him. So people are saying the reason why R. Kelly is the way that he is is because his sister abused him. It's not abuse if you like it. I'm sorry, but even today, she is the, well, he pays for her house. He, pays, he gives her church money. She gets front row seats for concerts at his concerts. She thinks the world of him. She apparently thinks Bruce, 
and Carrie Kelly are the devil and sinners and they're going to hell. They have no idea why she thinks this because they've never done anything to her. So can we just put on the table, R. Kelly was not abused. He is doing this on his own volition. He actually ended up, and this is part of the series, going back to the series now, forget the background. He met Aaliyah when she was 13, married her when she was 15. His tour manager lied on documents for them, um, saying she was 18. They were married for two months. Her family found out and nulled the marriage. Um, now, fast forward, he's still abusing girls 14, but then he jumps up to 16, and he actually got women in their 30s to live at the commune with him. What has happened is he's evolved. He now knows he can't just have underage sex with girls. He needs older women too. So what he does is he goes for weaker women. So if you're weak-minded, see, R. Kelly and I could never date because (laughs) I am too strong-minded for that, that Negro. I'm sorry. Like, for him to try to manipulate me. I mean, I talk to guys on on Bumble and they're like, oh, you know, I want to take you on a date. A date, honey, it's 3 a.m. What are you taking me on a date for? The only reason why I have your message is because I went to the bathroom and decided to check my Bumble. Honey, I'm not getting up and going to your house for a day. But R. Kelly would not have a good time with me. No. Um, the only thing that I would probably do is I'd probably date him so that I can get in a mansion and free those girls. But it doesn't sound like those girls oh, want to be free. You, you scared me at first. I was like, oh, my God, are you just, like, trying to take his house? Yeah. But then you ended on a good <laughs> no. no, yeah. I would definitely try to get those girls out somehow, some way. But in the documentary, one girl, her mother came to get, get her. Her mother got her. Three days later, she went back. And then three days later, she came out. So he says he has, they have free will. They can come and go as they please, but they choose not to go. Um, celebrities have weighed in saying, oh, I'm embarrassed that I worked with him. Lady Gaga and Celine Dion both removed their music from streaming with him. Oh, what are your thoughts on all this? Um, so, yeah, this is definitely a serious issue I feel like you know people could say I will I actually do have a lot of thoughts on this um go right ahead one being because of course you know people want to be like I just see some of the certain criticisms and one being like oh why are we focusing on an issue Mm. like this and I feel like this is something that is constantly kicked in the background. And that's why he's been getting mm-hmm. away with it for so long. Mm-hmm. He's been winning the cases because people were either getting paid off or they were just too afraid to testify. I know mm-hmm. a couple of people who have never come out about um, the abuse that they faced because they either were too afraid to, or they just wanted to move on. They didn't want, the situation to become their lifestyle and live in that moment every single day of their lives. I personally haven't gone through, you know, an exact situation like this. I can't imagine what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. 
Um, an important thing I really want to bring up is the fact I saw another criticism, and it was about, oh, well, why would these girls um, do these things with him? Like, why would they – they were trying to say consent. Why would they consent to – the sexual acts and my response Mm -hmm. is like and it's something that you said a couple minutes ago about that you would never go with a guy like that they are too strong-minded and Mm -hmm. I know today myself I wouldn't I obviously wouldn't go with a guy like that now being the age of 17 however Mm -hmm. my choices were very much different your brain Mm -hmm. is still developing until the age of 25 so the choices right. I make today, the choices I make at age 17 are completely different. I don't know True. what I would have done. Like, I definitely would have made more mistakes. So I don't think the victims should be getting slammed or bashed for, you mm-hmm. know, they they were the victim. He, like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know, I'm tired of hearing, like, oh, they had more control and more voice because they really didn't. At the end of the day, an adult was manipulating a child. Right. More like an adult who was a celebrity, which is so different from just a regular adult. Um, That's true. So I'm not blaming the victims, and I know that it may sound like I am bashing the victims. I will say this. When I was a kid, my friends, were I've I've always been the type of person that didn't really listen to any like I wasn't the peer pressure type of person, but my friends did play some sort of role. I remember growing up and hearing that Richard Gere had a gerbil shoved up his butt. One of my friends told me that. And I believed it. I still do to this day. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think it's kind of funny. How would a gerbil survive? I don't know. Um, I kind of don't believe it, but whatever. My point is, in the documentary, there was a set of parents who said, yeah, we heard that R. Kelly got arrested and charged with um, underage, like, statutory rape. What happened was there was a video floating around of him having sex with a 14-year-old girl. Here's the thing. The 14-year-old girl in question was one of his backup dancer's nieces. And she said, that is my niece. I, I, I feel horrible, but I introduced them. That is my niece. She was 14 at the time. Her parents said, no, that's not our daughter. She was the star witness in the trial, so the charges were dropped. So the parents of these girls said, we had heard that he was in some sort of legal mess, but the charges were dropped, so we thought it was okay to send our daughter with him. Because what he would say is, oh, I saw your daughter sing. I hear your daughter's a singer. I would like to advance her career. As a parent, How do you do that? Number one, the last person that R. Kelly put on the map was Aaliyah. And Aaliyah blew up, not from him, but from working with Missy and Timbaland. So if anybody's going to make anybody a star, it would be Timbaland. 
not R. Kelly. Number two, you hear charges of pedophilia and statutory rape, and you still, whether they, whether he was charged with the crime or not, there are charges associated with him. How would you, as a parent, allow your child around him, especially your daughter? And number three, anybody who feels that R. Kelly is a pedophile, is wrong for what he's doing, do not come for me and tell me, I think that trans women need to not use the bathroom that they want to use in their authentic self. I don't want to hear it. Your daughters aren't in danger from me, from Laverne Cox, from um, and, and, uh, Angelica Ross. Your daughters are in danger from R. Kelly. Okay, so oh, I got I I was so happy when his charges came to light because now you can focus on that. Stop focusing on us. We just want to go pee. I- I was just going to say, um, people are yeah. really good at being able to focus on one topic at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Don't really, they won't think back to those other right. issues and how, oh, no. you know, like maybe it could be open-minded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every time I go to the bathroom in a public place, no one looks at me twice. You know, I will say this, ladies. Ladies. If the bathroom is empty, can you please just go one stall away from me? You don't need to walk up on me like that. I don't need you right in the stall next to me. That's all I want. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's really weird, Frank, sitting in an empty bathroom. And I use, I, you're supposed, when you walk into a stall, a bathroom, get the first stall that you see on whatever, which side you're on, because that's usually the cleanest because nobody wants to go in that. So I, this bathroom is completely empty, Frank. I go in the first stall. Someone comes in. They go in the stall next to me. Why? It's empty. Move one stall away. I hate it. Oh. See, personally, I like um, public bathrooms. That made me think of, um, so like in the movie theater, it would be like completely empty. I sit and uh, a random stranger would sit right next to yeah group it was strange like don't you want to sit like i don't know don't you want some privacy like there are a lot of things yeah. available that that happens to me too and another thing that happens sorry we're going off topic but i have to say this most theaters have assigned seating so why is it that on thursday when i went to the movie theater no not thursday wednesday wednesday i went to the movie theater some dickwad sits in my seat with his girlfriend I tell him, I'm sorry, you're in my seat. He goes, oh, I'm in your seat? Yes, bitch, I just said you were. Get us out. <laughs> so he moves, and then I go, oh, crap, I have to go to the bathroom. I have this weird thing. I think I have slight OCD. Every time before a movie starts, I have to go pee. I don't care if I, know I just went pee before I left the house. I have to go pee. So then I went to go pee. I came back, and some other jimbokes are sitting in my seat. I go, I'm sorry, you're in my seat. Oh, I hate people. I hate people. Did you have that? Did you have that bar seat, or like, was it a different? You know how there's those seats that are kind of in the middle, and then you have the bar for your feet. I know people try to take those all the time. So you're in Western Mass. Actually, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna blow your mind. Um, okay. In Eastern Mass, where I live, 
um, they actually have assigned seats in Frank. They recline. They have cup oh, holders. I, yeah. So the there's one kind of near me that does recline and stuff. It's just the one at um, the Eastfield Mall. They got to set their game up. They got to change those seats. People aren't going uh, anymore, and that's why. Right. <laughs> Mad ghetto. Um, the one in West Springfield is close to what I have. They have more yeah. aisle space. Um, they have more aisle space. Like, when you recline fully in that chair, you can still walk by people and not bump into their feet. That's pretty cool. But in Boston, they actually have um, less of aisle space, but more like, um, I don't know how to put it. Some of them have trays. Some of them don't. But the bougie one that I love, oh, my God, I went there twice this week or last week, I I felt so bougie, I didn't even give a shit. It's in Chestnut Hill. It's called the Super Lux. And let me tell you, Frank, they hook you up. Not only is it leather and it reclines, but there's a little light under the tray that swivels in front of you. And you can use that little light to see, like, your phone or the menu or whatnot. And then you have two cup holders, and um, what else? You press a two button cup for the concierge. Two cup holders. You press a button for concierge to come over. Uh, when they first reopened, they had the menus on iPads. They don't have that anymore. Um, what else do they have? Uh, I feel so caveman. You have to, you know what? Come to Boston. We'll go see a movie. I'll take you. We'll hang out. I'll, we'll walk around Boston, me and you, just me and you. We'll do it. We'll do it. Um, my treat here, of course. Oh, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Just pay for gas, and you can come park at my place so we can take the key in. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. Um, yeah, so I, I love that place. The tickets, though, are very expensive. It's $30 just for one ticket, but it's so worth it. Oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. Uh, we're going to move on to the next topic now that we're done. Uh, actually, do you have any more to say about R. Kelly? Or have we kind of exhausted it? Um, well, I mean, we are going to be – it was kind of funny how we brought up movies because I know another topic. We could go right there okay. if you want. Um, go, but, ahead. go ahead, hon. But I guess to summarize, to just kind of conclude the R. Kelly thing, I just <clears> – <throat> With that whole thing, like, I, I personally haven't seen the documentary. I really mm-hmm. wanted to watch personal interviews with him. I feel like, not that, I mean, I definitely will want to see the documentary eventually. I just feel like you can really judge someone's character off of their mannerisms and off of the way they speak and exactly what they say. And some of those mm-hmm. past interviews, you just knew. Like, if you really looked, you knew in your gut he did something. Maybe you didn't know exactly mm. what it was, but he is guilty of something. Well, he wears sunglasses. The last major interview he did, the um, person wanted to bring up the allegations, and he wore sunglasses. He's like, I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about this. And he got up and left. And so, um, oh, I did want to add, just to conclude, um, number one, his manager was arrested for making death threats, completely different subject, but um, the people around him are starting to break down. Um, 
his music label finally dropped him. Sony Music dropped him, and which is fine because I think I don't think that's going to hurt him at all. I think that he's going to start his own record label and he's still going to produce music. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, and then the last thing is Dateline NBC did a documentary um, yes. Friday well, night. I didn't watch it. I'm going to go watch it after this, but yeah. I um, watched little snippets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's closing in on him. And some um, some reports that he's having panic attacks. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I don't feel bad for you. You are a predator. And not for nothing, you should be in jail. I don't care about your panic attacks. I hope that these these girls get free and they're able to live their lives. Oh, and one more thing before we move on. The thing that I mentioned about the older women, that really shocked me because, you know what, like, like I was starting to say, when I was younger, I would listen to my friends, but I would still have my own opinions about people. So my friend says, oh, um, I heard that Frank is, like my friend, like our friend Jess, she said, you know, this guy, Frank is a sweetheart, he's a writer, you'll love him. I took what she said, put it in the back of my mind, but I met you because I wanted to form my own opinion about you. And she was absolutely correct, you are a sweetheart, blah, blah, blah. So, with R. Kelly, when I was younger, if I met him, I would just meet him. I'm not going to go off to him because even when I was younger, I would think, what am I going to do with him? I heard he was married to Aaliyah when she was young. I don't want to be around that. I mean, granted, I'm a little bit different because I always, even today, I think five, ten years down the road. So there's no nude pictures floating on the Internet of me. You know, even today when guys ask for new pictures, I'm like, no, I want to be famous one day. I'm not going to have that around on the Internet. Well, I don't think that you think that I'm that type of person. I'm like, I don't know you. So I'm always thinking ahead. I just, I don't understand how these girls and the parents of these girls didn't take into consideration his past with other people. You hear rumors of pedophilia. You hear rumors of, you know, marriage to a younger girl. Why do you dismiss that and let your child be around him? He is a, a record executive and a, um, a legend in his own right. He hasn't put other people on the map except one person. Why would you think that it's okay to leave your daughter with him? That's all I I'm mean, saying. I just... On, to Ugh, be honest, whatever. I think for the parents, mm. most of the time, you know, money is a mm. really powerful thing. Thank you. I think Thank might you. have had a big point. And for the kids, you're just, when you get so infatuated, that relationship yeah. with someone, it's like your whole existence. And you don't realize mm. that there's so much more to life than that one-minded, like, relationship that's not even healthy. Yeah. I I was never that kid. I was never the type of person, well, first of all, I was out when I was four, but I never got into a relationship, so I guess I just didn't understand the whole, I'm so in love with this guy, I can't breathe. I, one of my friends said that, and I'm like, bitch, you can breathe. You don't have to ask him to breathe. So I guess, like, I've never been that person. Maybe that's why I can't see this. For, for what it truly is, but, you know, I do feel bad for the girls, and, 
especially the older women, because one of the women, she met him. She was a, D, um, uh, a DJ. She met him. They fell in love, quote, and she packed up and left everything, left her house, left her friends, left her job, moved in with him, knew about his wife, knew about the other girls in the house, and then just stayed. And I'm like, what? And then when she went back to visit her friends in Texas, her friend showed her the video of the 14-year-old girl. She was insulted, called him out on it, asked him about it. He's like, when you get back home, we're going to discuss this. She flew back home, not scared, went back to him. He beat her up in the car, and then she went back to the house. That's why I was like, you're an adult, though. I don't understand. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just, I, it may, it, maybe it's just my experiences. I just don't understand how a person can be that manipulated. Um, yeah, I, I didn't was, want to make I mean, men. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go I ahead. was just going to say I was a little, I was a little bit opposite um, mm. growing up, and I just, I needed that was love was a department I really needed to grow more, and I wish mm-hmm. I was strong, but I am now, so I'm thankful for that. Right. Well, the reason I mentioned that is because, um, and I'm gonna get a little personal here. I was actually asked twice to be in green card marriages. Um, the first time I was asked was by a friend, and he told me, oh, you know, and this was recent. This was last year. He said, oh, I'll give you money up front. We'll, um, you can move into this house. I have a living girlfriend. She'll find out about you. you have to meet her. My brother lives upstairs. And, you know, to make it look real, we can go on vacation and whatever together and like that and we can hang out and watch movies I'm like oh my god this is amazing yes I'll do it and then like two days later he's like actually I don't have the money and you know um, I'm not I'm so busy I wouldn't be able to hang out with you and um, I'm really sorry but you can't move in and so I was like oh and you still want to do this he's like yeah can we still I said absolutely not Absolutely not, because you lied to me. And it took you two days. You lied to me. So we're done. We can be friends, but I'm not doing it again. Okay. And so I was pretty pissed off at him because I felt like I was lied to. Then this year, even though the year just started, I swear this happened, I was asked by another guy, and he's like, yeah, we can move in together. Um, I'll give you half the money up front, and we can do the, you know, the same deal. And I'm like, mm-hmm. But I start talking to this guy, and we talked every day, and he was preparing, and he's like, you know, I have the money up front for you. I'm going to pay for um, first, last, and deposit for us to move into your apartment. I'm like, okay, okay. This guy seems a little bit more together, Um He's like, I just want you to know that I have an ex-girlfriend in Brazil. She does, she is having my child. I said, okay. And and then, so we were talking from Sunday up until yesterday. And then yesterday he says, oh, well, can my girlfriend move in? I'm like, uh, <laughs> what? Into our two-bedroom apartment, you want your girlfriend and her baby and your baby? He's like, no, I have a girlfriend up here. 
I said, wait a minute. Hold up. You are telling me that you have had a girlfriend this whole time, which is okay. If you have a girlfriend, that's fine. We're not doing this for love. I'm trying to help you. And I'm trying to get paid. You're telling me that you wanted to slip in your girlfriend? When were you going to do that? He's like, you know what? It's my fault. I should have definitely told you about it earlier. I'm sorry. I just didn't think that you would do this. I'm like, you know what? You held the truth from me. That is equal to lying. I don't trust you. This is off. This is off. I'm never, I don't, listen, you guys that need a green card, don't come at me because I'm not, I'm not going through this again. My point is, I am the type of person where if I feel like you have lied to me or deceived me in any way, we are done. I do not. I'm too strong of a person to let myself be manipulated. Now, it happened twice. It won't happen a third time. So that's why I said R. Kelly would not have fun with me because I am not a weak-minded person in any way, shape, or form. He could never control me. I'm sorry. Ain't no D out there worth all that. You heard me? Henry Cavill, I don't care if your D is made of gold. <laughs> you ain't controlling this bitch. So, sorry. Um, but, yeah, that that's who I am as a person. I'm just not. And then there was this one guy. He was like, oh, you know, you're the way guys talk to me, Frank, you would be shocked. Um, this one guy, he was like, oh, you're so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Hey, do you mind if we have sex first before we actually date? I said, well, actually, I'm celibate until I get into a serious relationship. And he's like, you know, you really shouldn't be so discriminatory. I mean, not a lot of guys like trans women. And, and I go, before you finish your sentence, let me just tell you something. Just because I'm a trans woman doesn't mean I have to jump at every, every bone that is thrown my way. I will be yeah, single until the right guy comes along. Right. And he's like, oh, well, you're making a mistake. You don't I'm like, I ain't making no damn mistake. Only mistake I made was talking to your ass, and I blocked him. So yeah, that's the type of person gonna, I am. Yeah, someone that barely knows you that's going to just come at your life like that that quick, that's mm-hmm. just a red flag of, I should probably not pursue this. Right. But if I was a weak-minded person, I would. And it's like, do these guys think that that's who I am? Because they got it wrong. <laughs> That's not think, me, honey. Honestly, at least with those other ones, they just, I think they know you're making money moves over here. <laughs> and Full House is right. trying to move in with you. And it's like, you're just above that. Right. So let's get to movies. So um, yeah. I have seen so many, like, this has been a record week for me. Last week, I saw one movie a, a night, except for uh, Monday. So that's six movies I saw. Holy, I'm exhausted. So I've seen On the Basis of Sex, which is the Ruth Bader Ginsburg biopic. Amazing. Let me tell you, Academy, the Academy Award nominations are coming out this Tuesday. If Army Hammer isn't nominated for Best Supporting Actor, I will be pissed. I will not watch the Oscars. I will, let me tell you, I'm going to boycott the Oscars if he's not nominated. End of story. He played Ruth Bader Ginsburg's husband, and Felicity Jones played um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Do you know those people? Any of those people? I do. Okay, good. Um, so it was so amazing because 
in the movie, Ruth is talking about women's lib, and someone brought up black people. And someone said, so is women's liberation the same as black rights? And she's like, actually, it is. And I'm like, actually, bitch, you're correct. I didn't even realize that until this movie. So it was amazing to, like, see how far we've come as a society. We still have a ton way to go for women's rights and for people of color. But it's just amazing how far we've come. So, um, and fun fact, the reason why I like these type of biopics is because you learn so much. Basically, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the person who started, okay, let me repeat that. She's the person who started gender discrimination in this country. She's the one that brought gender into the the forefront of this country. I'm, like, shocked. I did not know that. So um, then I saw Nicole Kidman's movie called Destroyer, where she plays an L.A. cop who's basically her life fell apart when her partner died and he was the love of her life. And I say Nicole Kidman's in it because once you watch the movie, you will not recognize her. Her character has like the, like the shaggy, like a shag haircut. They put makeup on her to make her all wrinkly and she walks with a limp. Like this woman has had hard times. She's and a great actress. She is an amazing actress. I'm sorry. She's up there with Meryl Streep. I will say it. Boom, I said it. You have to watch this movie, Frank. She will blow you away. If she doesn't win for best lead actress, I don't know who will. Because she was phenomenal in that movie. Phenomenal. Um, Wow. I'm still, like, and I saw that movie Tuesday, and I'm still, like, holy crap. Um, the other movie I saw was Wednesday. Let me see what I, what did I see on Wednesday? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, well, I better not go in order because I'm going to forget. Oh, (laughs) Green Book. The movie Green Book is about, um, Mahershala Ali is a black pianist named Dr. John Shirley, and he hires Viggo Mortensen, who plays Tony Lip, this Italian guy from New York, as his driver, and they drive all through southern U.S. for Dr. Shirley's concert date. So this is back in the 60s, so you can only imagine people staring at the two of them thinking, why is Viggo Mortensen, the white guy, driving a black guy? Shouldn't it be the other way around? And Mahershala's character is very what the black community call white. He talks proper. He doesn't eat fried chicken. He doesn't listen to black music. And there's one scene in it where Mahershala finally, he breaks down because Vigo is like, you don't do all these typical black things. Why? how can you consider yourself black? And Mahershala says, you know, you're telling me I'm not black enough. Or wait, how does he say it? And then the white, the, the black folks tell me I'm too white. So which am I? 
And I've gotten that in my own personal life because I speak proper, because I grew up in a white town. Um, I don't know if you know this, Frank, but I grew up in Feeding Hills, Mass. So people would say, you know, oh, you're so white. And I'm like, funny, last I checked, the white people would call me the N-word. Not all of them, but some of them. So am I black? Am I white? Like, how dare you? But anyway, that really resonated with me. It was really good. I grew up. Uh, I was. I grew up in a predominantly Hispanic and African American mm-hmm. area. Um, mm-hmm. So I. I mean, I would have. I had a basketball hoop, and all my friends on the street would come over. I was the only white kid, and that was fine. Um, but mm-hmm. it is. It's interesting. They will group like they. Ne- they didn't. The other. Um, white people that lived near the area or would come by, you know, they kind of just grouped me with the rest of them because like, Mm. I don't know, there was just more of that skin tone quote. So I was just Mm -hmm. like one of them just because of my upbringing. And yeah, we're, your upbringing doesn't define who you are as a person, no matter what the color of your skin is, what your gender is or sexual orientation, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I agree. And you know what's funny? Not a lot of people know this. So recently, Julian Edelman, and I'll I'll, I'll get how it ties to you. Julian Edelman just, um, he is a wide receiver for um, the New England Patriots and also my future husband. He um, just played some so many, like, catches. I, I'm not football-oriented, I'll be honest with you. But his record for wide receiving is number two to Jerry Rice. Do you know who Jerry Rice is? I do. Okay. So let me just drop some knowledge on you. This summer I read, um, well, summer of 2018, I read my husband's autobiography, Relentless. In it, he speaks of his life growing up in Redwood City, California, which is exactly how you grew up. He was actually the minority. He grew up with Filipino, Native American, Black, and Hispanic. Can you take a guess who his prom date and girlfriend was most of his his high school career? Just a wild guess. Like the t- I don't know, like are you asking like what their skin tone was or just like who they were? Who they were? Yeah. Um, I just mean, a wild guess. I don't know, I guess someone, I don't know, maybe someone Filipino or, or was it like well, out more of specific. The... Well, here's, here's, I'll let, I'll let you off the hook. Julian Edelman's prom date and high school girlfriend was Jerry Rice's daughter. Oh. So, yes, his first real serious girlfriend was black, so I have a chance. And he just, he's like number two on his ex-girlfriend's dad's record. So he's coming close to... <laughs> and when he was growing up, he was doing Pop Warner football. He was actually a quarterback. But when he went to the NFL and when he was going to college football, they told him to change positions because they felt he was too short at 5'10". Well, at the time, he was, he was much shorter than 5'10 in high school. He was like 5'3", and he had like almost stopped growing. And then out of nowhere... He had this huge growth spurt, and he got up to 5'10". But 
Yeah, I deserve to be Mrs. Edelman with all the knowledge I know about this man. But we'll see. You should. I you approve, dear? Of course. Oh, thank you. You'll be at the wedding. Don't worry. I won't exclude you. <laughs> I better be. I want to meet the rest of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They're so hot. Um, so the the reason why the movie is called Green Book is because, getting back to the movie, um, mm-hmm. friend, um, Tony Lip, who was, uh, his, funny enough, these are real people, too, by the way. It was a biopic. Tony Lip's name was actually um, Frank Anthony Vallelangio Jr., and he was called Tony Lip because he was the biggest bullshitter in his neighborhood. So it's kind of funny that his name was Frank Frank Anthony. I just thought of that. Um, yeah, that's yeah, but <laughs> He was given a book by the record label, and it, sh- it was showed what hotels that Dr. Shirley could stay at. And it was called the Negro Motorist Green Book. And it was literally green because it was written by some guy when his last name was Green. So that's why it was, the movie was called Green Book. And the movie was okay. executive produced by my girl, Octavia Spencer. Love you, Aki. I call her Aki. She doesn't know that, but whatever. Um, she will. She's going to be my, yeah, she will. She will. I love her. She's like, she's if you look at her and you put her next to my own mother, they look very similar. So I call her my mom. So, hi, Ma. Um, the other movie I saw, you're going to be very disappointed. I saw the movie Glass. Um, for those of you who don't know what Glass is, in the movie Unbreakable 19 years ago, Bruce Willis played a man called uh, David Dunn who never got sick never broke a bone, but he was the sole survivor of a train wreck. And he ended up finding out that the train wreck was part of a bigger picture. At the end of that was Elijah Price, who had brittle bone disease, Samuel L. Jackson. And Samuel L. Jackson had been looking for the opposite of him his entire life because he became obsessed with comic books. While he was a kid and in hospitals in and out, um, he got obsessed with comic books. So David was actually, um, David's superpower, end quote, was when he would touch a person, he would know their history, if they were good or bad or whatever. So that movie. So much. Oh, you saw it and you didn't understand it? Oh, no. I or are you ta- really oh, you're talking about the superpower. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I really, I, I'm really... You really need that. These movies, yeah. But, yeah, oh, my it's God. It's okay. I, I wouldn't have had so many Tinder profiles. <laughs> if I, had that power. I love it. So then there's a movie Split that came out two years ago, which mm-hmm. is the first movie I ever wanted my money back from. It's about um, oh, this guy named Kevin Wendell Crumb. He has split personality. He has 20, 24, no, 23 personalities inside of him. The beginning of the movie, this is what set the tone for me, which made me not want to watch the movie, but then I ended up watching it, and then I wanted my money back. This is on the trailer, so I'm not giving any spoilers away. 
um, three girls get into a car. One of the dads puts food in the trunk. And then he's taking a while, and the one girl looks in the rearview mirror, and she sees the food on the ground. And as she's looking, the car door closes, and she turns, and she sees somebody who isn't her dad. Now, the two idiots in the back are grabbing away with no earbuds on, so they can hear and see, and, you know, they know everything that's going on. But they're gathering in the back seat. This girl's looking at him, staring at him, slowly moving her hand to the door hatch. And then the next scene, they're all kidnapped. It just drove me nuts how stupid they were. And oh, they could have took it. Well, I mean, they, but then I don't know. All three of them, or at least two of them could have got out, left the girl there. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're my friend, but you're in the front seat. You're probably going to get taken. I'm sorry. I'll come for you. I, I know the car, you know, I'll remember what the car looks like. I'll get the license plate. We'll find you, girl. But these yeah, idiots like, were just sitting was, there. Mm. Yeah, if that was a normal, like, real-life situation, if that was a Walmart parking lot, you bet I'd right. be beating him the coal cuts and with anything possible. Like, <laughs> I'd rip the steering wheel. Like, I'd be beating some ass. Right. <laughs> she was just sitting there staring and crying. Like, you see, like, <gasps> And then after that, the movie just got worse. So I hated that movie. But his superpower was he had one of his personalities called the Beast. And the Beast could physically alter his, his like, body so that his muscles would grow. He was an inch taller, and he could scale walls, and he had superhuman strength. So in Glass, David Dunn, 19 years later, finds out that this group of girls is kidnapped and him and his son, Joseph Dunn played by Spencer treat Clark, who is one of the best child actors of all time. Totally underrated. I used to watch him on another world when he was a kid and he actually grew up and he looks like a boy version of Julianne Moore. I kid you not. I will show you a picture, Frank. He looks like Julianne Moore. He could play her son. And he and I actually talked through DM, and I've told him that. I'm like, uh, do you know that you look like Julianne Moore? He's like, I get that so much. But um, he and his son, Joseph, now have a business, which is um, home securities. They sell home securities. And they figured out where the beast could be holding this girl. So Frank go or Frank, I keep saying your name. Um, David Whoa. goes. I'm sorry, you're not in the movie. David goes to rescue the girls. He and the beast get in a fight. The police show up, and so does Sarah Paulson, who is a doctor with this Raven Hill Hospital. So instead of killing them both, she decides to take them to the Raven Hill Hospital, and she wants to kind of debunk the whole notion that superheroes exist. But guess who's been in the hospital for 19 years in a catatonic state? Mr. Glass, a.k.a. Elijah Price, Samuel L. Jackson. So the three of them are in a hospital together. And little does everybody know, Mr. Glass isn't catatonic. He's actually been planning his escape this whole time. And he wants to team up with the Beast to best David Dunn 
um, who's now known as the overseer because in the past 19 years, he's helped a bunch of other people. And it's just a huge superhero movie. And so I'm watching it. I'm like, this is a great plot. The acting is amazing. The execution of the script is downright terrible. Downright terrible. I've never been so ambivalent about a movie in all my life. I didn't want my money back because I'm glad I saw it. But I just wish I I could have worked on the script for this guy. There were times in the movie where people in this very intelligent original movie, people were standing when they should be running. They were saying Mm -hmm. the dumbest things. And it's just like, oh, how could you make such dumb characters and such a good plot? I didn't, I didn't understand it. But um, so, so it wasn't like as realistic. No, it wasn't. And then the thing is, don't you know how M. Night Shyamalan has this like thing where the last five minutes is a twist? So he did a yeah. twist, and then he did another twist, and then he did another twist. But the second uh, twist that yeah. he did was so stupid that I'm like, all right, this is dumb. But then he made up for it with the third twist, <laughs> made up for the second twist. I don't know. Uh, I just I know, he a... didn't, yeah, it was insane. This is soft serve ice cream. We don't need all this twist here. They... Preach, preach. <laughs> so was it worth seeing? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. I don't regret seeing it, but like. He's the most uneven writer I have ever experienced in my entire life. So, um, the other movie I saw was Escape Room, um, which is basically Saw, but with many people. And they have to escape, obviously, they have to escape many rooms in order to get out. And once they get out, they get a prize. But there's six people. And do you think six people are going to survive? So it was really good, though, actually. I really enjoyed it. And I hope that they set it up for a sequel. And so Glass is going to have a sequel as well. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. It had me. This is the first movie I have ever been in since King Kong that I actually had vertigo. And my feet, I had a reclining chair. My feet were, like, moving because... Something in the movie just got me like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Thank God nobody was around me at the time. I was in the way back seat. Oh, my God. It had me on the – that literally had me on the edge of my seat. One of the best horror movies I'd say I've seen in a long time. Okay. The last movie I saw – Oh, wait, before you go to the last one. Yes, go ahead. Wait, Sorry. You, before you go to that one, because I'm curious. Like, was – like, were they – because with scary movies, half the time mm-hmm. the characters are really stupid in them, or they act no. a lot more than in real Okay, because yeah. I know, like, like, were these, like, people that, like, did the escape room at the mall a lot, so they were able to escape easily, or were, like, I'm curious. <laughs> like, were they good okay. at escaping? Or... So, here's the thing. Um, it turns out, cause I don't want to give away plot. I don't want to give away spoilers, okay. but... This, I'll go watch it. this was such an intelligent movie. Um, each one of the characters were there for a reason. And each escape room took into consideration their background. So each escape room 
told a story about that character. It was so amazing. And the characters that, the only complaint I have was the characters weren't talking to each other. Like, they weren't stupid. Well, some of them, I mean, you had one that was dumb, but not all of them were dumb. But one of them was really dumb, and I was like, I kind of hope you die. And um, (laughs) (laughs) it was just so annoying. But each each character had a background, and the escape room was made for their background, but the other characters didn't know that until they spoke up. So they did speak up about, you know, oh, my God, you know, this, this reminds me of this in my past. And then they figured out why they all were there and why they all called, because they're all strangers. But what happened was there was one character that was smarter than the other, and she would... She said that we were all a group, but then she would do stuff and not tell everybody. That was annoying. It's like, bitch, you know what you're doing. Fill, fill a hooker in. Like, I was getting annoyed like, with that. Well, I don't know. I guess, like, maybe maybe they it, didn't talk a lot to each other because they were strangers. Like, I, I don't right. know. I feel like even if I was in a dying situation, I'd be that petty and still not talk to them because I didn't know them. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know how it would be. I guess uh, well, I'm not but, asking for um, but I love the fact that when a character would die because they were already bonded, they would mourn the character. They just wouldn't move on. They would mourn the character. So you're not okay. like, bitch, let's go. You're like, oh, oh my God, oh, my God. Yeah. You actually care about the characters, except for one character I didn't care about. But the only reason I did care about that character is because the other people in it cared. Have you ever seen the show Insecure, by the way? No, I'm lame. On HBO? No, no, it's fine. Um, the reason I mention it is because the actor, Jay Ellis, he is on Insecure. He is in the movie. He broke okay. new ground. He is oh. one of the hottest men I have ever seen in my entire life. He's literally tall, dark, and handsome. He actually played the role in the movie that would typically go to a white guy. He played like the jerky, handsome guy who nobody likes. And it was, it was that new ground because black guys typically don't play that. So it was pretty cool. Um, Wait, how do you, how do you spell his name? Cause I pulled up a really old guy and I don't think you're talking no. about that one. J-A-Y and then the last name is E-L-L-I-S. I just put the letter J. That's my mistake. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Back off. He mine. He mine, bro. He mine. Hello, Lip. (laughs) He is my backup in case Julian Edelman and I don't work out. So. Yeah, yeah. you got to always back up. Thank you. Oh, he's so fine. Um, So, yeah, the last movie I saw was um, Vice, which was the Dick Cheney biopic. Now, the trailer made it seem like it was just a normal biopic about Dick Cheney, you know, kind of a screw-up, turns his life around, marries the right girl, and then he becomes, you know, vice president. The actual acting and the story were really good. I found out a lot. Like, the thing I didn't know was basically the vice president, everybody thinks that the vice president is just like a shit job. You're just there for show. But Dick Cheney realized 
Nobody governs the vice president. Nobody tells the vice president what to do. He could do the job himself. So basically, Dick Cheney, during the Bush administration, ran the Bush administration. He was the one that made the decisions, and the president just went along with him because the president wasn't very experienced. So whatever, it was good. It was good, but the direction. It was like, so halfway through the movie, um, they rolled the credits to signify Mm -hmm. that Dick Cheney was older and his life was done, but then he got a call saying, oh, um, George W. Bush wants you to be his running mate, and then the credits stopped. It was just the way it was directed, the way it was presented, it was so weird. And then it was supposed to be like a biopic comedy. I don't, it was it was not good. I actually it was so bad. Actually, I ended up leaving twenty minutes <laughs> before the movie ended, and that's how bad it I was. Thought it, I thought it was a good movie. <laughs> the plot was good. The information was good, but the execution was terrible. Had oh. he just stuck to the fact that it's a biopic movie, this is how we we present the biopic movie. We lay it out like this. It would have been amazing. It would have been so amazing. In fact, it reminded me, and this is, you're going to be like, oh, my God, you're so reaching. It reminded me of the whole, like, green card marriages thing where it was presented one way to me in the trailer, and then the execution, when we got into it, it was presented another way, and I was really pissed off, so I ended up leaving. <laughs> How about that metaphor, then, please? Thank you. That's how I felt, though, Frank. I'm like, oh, I feel duped again. Third time. What the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up leaving 20 minutes before it ended. I just couldn't take it anymore. I thought it was going to get better, but it never got better. Mm-hmm. So, and then the final movie, actually, I want to talk about. It's not even in the theaters. Can we talk about Bird Box, please? <sighs> so, can I, I'm going to be super lame again. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it still. It's really sad I need to watch it. I love Sandra Bullock. It's about but Sandra I, Bullock who has two kids and they are blindfolded because something on Earth has landed on Earth and if you look at it, it creates your worst fears and it makes you want to kill yourself. So that's the whole point of the movie. The bird yeah, box part of it. The bird box part of it is she has birds in a box that she travels with because the birds respond when the, the things are near. They'll start chirping and, and, and going wild. So she has them on her person anywhere she goes. Now, she's trying to get her and her kids on a boat. Once they get on the boat, they go in the water, and they're headed to this place. They don't know where the place is. They just know. If you go on the lake, follow the lake, they'll get it. But they can't steer because they have blindfolds on. So, uh, And then the backstory. So now people are doing what's called the bird box challenge, where they're doing regular normal things with blindfolds on. Can you people stop? <laughs> You're being dumb. This one lady blindfolded herself and drove on the highway. You can imagine how that ended up. That's insane. See, the bird box challenge for me is literally just taking off my glasses. And I have a funny story <laughs> related to that. So I was at the mall. Do tell. 
So I was at the mall, and I this is when I was like younger, so glasses weren't cool. Quote. Um, that's how I yeah. felt. So I tried to go out in public without. I'm distance blind, um, not close up. So mm-hmm. I was at the mall, and I was um, I was checking someone out, and I was like, Oh, oh dear. Like, that's. I was like, that guy's pretty good looking, and he's tall and stuff and um but I didn't want my glasses on. I wanted to I don't know, look better. That's what I thought. <laughs> um so so my friend's a little confused. She's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> um what a good friend. So we um mm-hmm. we're starting to walk I wanna say it was in the food court area. So we started to walk closer and I I just stopped in my tracks and she goes, What's wrong? And I was like, I don't want to tell you because you'll make fun of me for the rest of my life. And they're like, I promise I won't. So I go, <laughs> so the person that I was checking out was a pole. <laughs> it, was a, it was a pole. I don't know why I couldn't even tell that. I, I don't know why I thought it was a person. I don't know. I Maybe it just says a lot about me, like. Maybe I don't need a lot, like in a committed relationship. I just need, need a tall thing. Tell me you're joking. Oh my god. I'm really not. I have some really weird stories like that throughout my life. That you just can't make that up. Frank, come on. That is hilarious. Oh my god. Yeah. So I. So going back, I even need a blindfold like challenge yeah you really didn't no (laughs) oh my god go look and that is that is hilarious and that could be taken in a different way too (laughs) um but yeah people stop doing the bird box challenge that's it's dumb you're only hurting yourself and in some cases you might start hurting other people so could you please stop thanks um, the fact that we even have to say that is scary. Um, oh, speaking of which, did you see that Facebook post about that, um, those kids that were mocking that, that, um, Indian chief, Nathan Phillips, the elder? So I, I was really, I saw so I'm going to say I saw the outside of the article. I really couldn't mm-hmm. click on it because it felt like now one thing that really pissed me off on fact is animal abuse. And I felt like if I were to click on that article, it would trigger me as much as that. Like I, I knew it was yeah. going to piss me off. I was like, let me just not read it today. Cause I'm already in kind of a piss mood. Mm-hmm. But, so um, the student, you read it and everything and watch the video. Yeah, the students of Covington Catholic High School in Kentucky were wearing MAGA, Make America Great Again hats, standing there while Elder Nathan Phillips was singing, and they were singing along with him, mocking him. Um, They were just standing there like, yeah, yeah. He was trying to tell them. I think in his own way, he was trying to tell them to get out of his country, but they weren't getting that. Um. So I I think I need to do a public service announcement. If you do not have Native American blood in you, this is not your country to tell anybody to get out of the country. If you are Irish, Italian, 
um, or anything other than Native American, your ancestors traveled here to get here. So having said that, I am part Native American. I, my family has ties to the Chowto tribe, which is from the South. Um, if you've noticed, not one Native American person has ever told anybody to get out of their country. Um, yeah, so I just think it's disgusting when I hear people say that. Um, America is the land of the free, home of the brave, and I think it's incredibly insulting when you have neo-Nazi skinheads that say that they want to make this place white again when it never was white to begin with. It was actually Native American to begin with. The white people came and tried to kill all the Native Americans. So, yeah, there's that. Um, I personally feel like it's disgusting that people do that. And sorry, you're going to say something. Go ahead. No, I was only going to say, like, regardless of, because I saw the hats, so I knew, like, Mm -hmm. supporting probably, I feel like regardless of your political background, like, don't be a dick. Like, just in general, that's just a common decency thing. And that's just a Mm -hmm. dick move. Like, I don't know, you've got to have some some small balls to do something low like that. And they're part of a Catholic school. Who's is that really a Christian oh, thing to do? <laughs> right. They pick and choose what what entries they they want to support in the Bible because there is something in the Bible that says thou shalt not judge thy neighbor, but they uh, conveniently skip over that, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so that was kind of like crazy. Um, what are your thoughts if you have heard about the Kevin Hart thing? Um, have you heard about Kevin Hart recently? Um, I don't know about recent. I've, I've heard different things okay. with him, but maybe not what you're talking about. So he was named host of the Oscars, and then the next day, old tweets that he put up saying that if his son was gay and he found out his son was gay and came home playing with his daughter's dollhouse, he would smash the dollhouse over his son's head. This was I in did. 2009. Yeah. So, he's come out and said, I apologize. You know, when I was on tour for the movie Get Hard, those tweets came out and I apologize then. Guess what? I can't find that apology. He, he went on Ellen and he said, you know, I feel like I'm being blackballed. Um, people are doing this on purpose. And then his movie, The Upside, was coming out that same week. So he went to another radio station and he was talking about it. My bad, everybody. When it first came out, I only saw clips of his two interviews. And I was like, this isn't a good enough apology. Kevin Hart sucks. I will boycott him. Then I decided to do something that I will get to later, which is... um, do my own research. I normally do my own research. I'm usually pretty good. I actually okay. saw the fuller, fuller um, interviews of those two. He made an apology on Ellen, start to finish, and I will send it out. He apologized the way that you want to apologize. He said that I apologize for those tweets. 
that was me back in the day trying to say whatever I could to be funny, to get a reaction. That's not who I am today. I don't even do those type of jokes anymore. I apologize. I, what else did he say? Um, he's like, I shouldn't be held accountable to the behavior that I, I, that I had before. Kind of like had you said, you know, the decisions you made when you were younger aren't the decisions you would make today. He fully apologized. He did, twice. On the other station, he apologized too. Very fully. Kevin, I accept your apology. I saw The Upside. It was a funny movie. It was good. Go see The Upside, everybody. It's a really good movie. Nicole Kidman is in that too. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. What, is, what are your thoughts on, on that, I guess? I guess my only real thought on it is, I mean, so I hate the Facebook memory thing because of just some of, mm. oh, God, like I want to say nine, ten years ago I had a status about, oh, I'm so happy to break up with this asshole or something. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> that's just so, oh, like that's, that's when you just buy a journal at that point because that's like, <laughs> like no one else to know how I felt unless like it was close to right. person, but so I think mm. at the end of the day, you just got to be careful about what you write. Like, I, I, I mean, he's, I think he's very talented. I think he's a funny guy. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I think, you know, I think not doing this one event isn't gonna, I don't think it's going to kill him. And I don't think mm-hmm. that this mistake he made should continue as long as, I don't know, let's say, for example, like an R. Kelly situation. Like, I don't think. Right it necessarily harmed as many people. Like, I feel like, you know, apologizing was the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, it was years ago, like we can, you know, hopefully, I don't know. I, I wouldn't take it personally at this point. Okay. And he, he said that he doesn't do those types of jokes anymore. He's moved on. Yeah. So it's not, like you said, it's not like the R. Kelly. He has cha- he's a changed person. So I, I forgive you, Kev. So, um, something else I wanted to talk about because it just triggered. He was in the movie Jumanji, which is coming out next year, or is it this summer? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, the new Jumanji is coming out, and it's going to star The Rock and Emily Blunt. Now, Hollywood has been abuzz at the fact that Emily Blunt is being paid less than The Rock. Give you a little background: The Rock is not only the star; he's his production company is producing it here's my thought on this well you know what i'm going to ask your thought do you feel that in this case because they're both co-stars that they should be paid the same amount what are your thoughts uh i mean maybe i feel like i should hear a little bit of yours first only because i don't know only because with emily blunt i don't know all of her work like the rock was i mean his work was very public like a lot of and mainstream I feel like Emily Blunt, there might be more that she's done that I don't know about. And that's exactly my point. My point is people go to the movies to see The Rock. They go to see Hercules when he was in it. They go to San Andreas. They go to um, the, the Fast and the Furious movies because he is in it. You know, the franchise is kind of dying, but The Rock is in it, so I'll go see it. I went to see Jumanji because the rock was in it. Like, 
do we really go to movies because Emily Blunt's in it? Like, and not only that, but his production company is producing it as well. In this situation, I'm okay with him making more than her. Now, if I have a movie where, let's say, the movie Joy with Jennifer Lawrence as the star and Bradley Cooper's in it, if Bradley Cooper gets the same amount of money as Jennifer Lawrence and he is in the supporting role, I'll be pissed because she is a star. She needs to make more money. Or even yeah. like a movie with, um, let's say, where there's two, um, I, don't, I don't know. Is there a movie that you can think of that has a man and a woman and they're both the same? Uh, oh, The Theory of Everything. The Theory of Everything. Um, Eddie Redmayne plays Stephen Hawking and Felicity Jones plays his wife. They need to be paid the same because, number one, who the hell, at the time, who the hell are both of them? Yeah, mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne's more of the lead, but they're both leads. They, they should be paid the same. They both have the same star power. They should be paid the same. They both got nominated for Best Lead Actor and Actress, respectively, um, awards. He won, she didn't, but they both were leads. They shouldn't have been paid the same. They're the same stars. She's now in Star Wars. She was in a, a Star Wars The Rogue One. She's in um, the, uh, on the basis of sex. If she goes into a movie with someone equal to her, I'm okay with them being paid the same. But Emily Blunt is more of an indie um, award show type of actress where The Rock is more of a box office type of actor. Yeah. I don't think they should be paid the same. I'm sorry. I don't think I don't think this is the same. Jennifer Lawrence, no. any movie she goes in, she needs to be paid the same as her male lead. I'm sorry. End of story. She people go to Jennifer Lawrence movies just as much as they go to any other. If this was Jennifer Lawrence in Emily Blunt's place, yes, pay them the same. Pay them the same, honey. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely different situations. Um, women mm-hmm. obviously should be paid more in general for, and that's when we're talking about, like for example, a male and a female teacher in the same role mm-hmm. and they have the same amount of experience. That's a different situation. Right. Um, but like you, right. this is a little bit different. You need to have mm-hmm. the experience behind you and the popularity. And mm-hmm. The Rock obviously does have that a little bit more than Emily Blunt. I I agree, one hundred percent. So, um, so jumping back a little bit to what I was saying about New Year's, um, I actually decided this year after listening to um, this podcast called What I Miss with uh, Pebbles from Hot 96.9 and her producer, Leroy, they have this podcast and what they said was instead of having new year's resolutions i have a new year word and my new year word has been growth i'm trying to grow for 2019 as an individual in every aspect of the word um so one of the growth moments that i had was going back on social media after posting about kevin hart and apologizing and saying I messed up. Whether Kevin sees it or not, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I 
am a person that takes things a little bit seriously when I say them. So I felt it was necessary for me to post about the fact that I did mess up some. Um, if you had a New Year's word for yourself, what would it be for 2019? Honestly, I really like your word, growth. I've okay, always, fine. You can use it. I was going to say that's always – I can borrow it. <laughs> no, that's yeah, always – I feel like growth is always a good word. Yeah, the whole resolution thing, I think, it's just, you know – I mean, you see it, like, when people go to the gym and stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's my resolution to work out. And then they – I feel like the word over time has diminished because they mm-hmm. think, oh, this is just, like, a January thing or a January 1st or the first week thing, um, growth thing someone is doing throughout their entire life so I feel like that word still has some power behind it and mm. strength and I like that I'm uh, I've always been big with like trees and everything and how trees grow throughout like hundreds of years mm-hmm. and how an individual as well is constantly growing or could be constantly growing so I definitely I like that word okay cool Next year, I might have the same word. Uh, hopefully, I have a different word. But um, the thing about my word is um, I put it in everything. Like, I want to grow my knowledge of eating clean. I want to grow my knowledge of working out. I want to grow my knowledge of different things. I want to grow as a person and be able to admit when I'm wrong. I want to... Um, grow as a grow my maturity level so I'm using it in different aspects not just like okay I just want to grow <laughs> you know like no I yeah, just, I, I'm it using it put, differently so yeah it doesn't put an expiration date on right. you it, you know like you have it's okay to take extra time there's no no rush it's not a race life is not a race yeah and this is a shameless plug. I just, it's totally out of left field, but um, I recently rediscovered Hulu today. And I realized that for $39 a month, I can watch live TV from Hulu. So I don't need cable, because I don't have cable. I refuse Ooh. to pay for cable. Yeah, and so Hulu gives me all my local stations plus some cable, some like, end quote, cable networks gives me E, gives me MTV, it gives me all these other things. And with my Hulu login, I can go to the different, like the VH1 app or the MTV app, log in with my Hulu, and I could see shows there. So um, maybe I might help my friend Frank out and, so he can see <laughs> Surviving R. Kelly, because Surviving R. Kelly is on Hulu. So just saying. Yeah, I feel like the only thing I can actually physically see right now is Bird Box because I have Netflix. Oh, yeah, definitely. um, So, I have to ask, do you live at home? I do. Or do you live on your Okay. I'm sure that your parents have um, cable. What you can do, because this is what I do, is I download all the apps like Lifetime and all that. This is how I saw Surviving R. Kelly before Hulu this today. If you go and ask your parents, because they, ha- they have to have a user ID and password, 
get their user ID and password, um, sign, get the, um, get the Lifetime app, and with that user ID and password, you can access Lifetime and go to their shows. Just saying. Yeah. That's good to yeah. yeah, I got to look at that. Because, I, yeah, I tried getting the Lifetime app, oh. and I was like, I'm not paying this. <laughs> no. If your parents already pay for Lifetime, or already pay for cable, I'm sure Lifetime is on there, on their lineup. So why why pay for it when it's already there? So just saying. Um, yeah, I'll stick with me, kid. I'll I'll teach you. I'll teach you my tricks. Well, I have a well, I do have a fire. St- <laughs> I do have a fire yeah. stick, so I think mm-hmm. I can. I still got to. Oh, it might be on there. Oh, yeah, it might be. I'm gonna. I gotta figure. I gotta. That's one of my growths this year. <laughs> <to get> <laughs> I actually have a Chromecast, so it just lets me cast on my TV. It's not like a fire stick. I don't have a fire stick yet. I don't think I actually need a fire stick. And what is, I have Hulu. I have Netflix. Yeah. So what was that? It's a Chrome what? It's called a Google Chromecast. And what it lets me do is um, if there's an app on my phone that I want to cast on my TV, or if there's music I want to cast, it plays it through my TV because of that Chromecast. So. Okay, I thought you were saying like Chrome Cat, like Meow Meow, oh, and I was like, no. whoa, <laughs> Silver Cat. <laughs> A Chrome Cat, I love it. Hashtag Chrome Cat. No, that's funny. Um, yeah, so... Um, oh, and by the way, I know I mentioned it quickly, but if you have time, check out um, What I Missed. If you go to your iTunes store or your Google Play store, download Hot 96.9 Boston and look up What I Miss, and you can listen to um, one of my favorite Boston radio DJs, uh, Pebbles, and then her um, producer, Leroy, and they go over certain topics every week, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, I love her. I sometimes go to the movies with her too. That's why. That's how much I love her. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to think of um, another. There's one more topic. Oh, there's one more topic that I had, and then I can see if you have any topics. Um, so some of my friends have asked me, how many letters are you guys gonna fit on your community? So it's LGBTQIA+. So it's L, lesbian, gay, bisexual, intersex, queer, transgender. I'm not going in order. So, okay, let me go in order. LGBTQ, well, LGBT is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Q is for queer. So back in the day, if you called someone queer, it was derogatory. The gay community took the word back. So now people that are queer are people that don't identify as masculine or feminine. They're just them. And they actually don't identify as male or female pronouns. They go by they or theirs. Okay. Um, and then the I stands for intersex. That's for... Um, people who have been born with both sexes. I think it's 
hermaphrodites, people would call that. Um, and the A stands for asexual, which is people who just do not have sex. And my friends have said, okay, wait a minute now. You don't even have sex and you're a part of this community? Why is that? Well, they need a home. <laughs> okay? We're taking in strays, folks. I'm sorry. People that are asexual. Chrome cat, yes. We're taking in Chrome cat. So I just, I just feel like it's okay. And then the plus at the end, so it's LGBTQIA plus. The plus is anybody else who wants to identify with us. So pansexual, meaning, which is, so bisexual is somebody who likes men or women. Pansexual likes men, women, which includes transgender um, or somebody queer. So it doesn't matter what you identify as, pansexual, people like who they like. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's polysexual, people who um, want to be in multiple relationships at once and don't want to be uh, with, it's the opposite of monogamous, which is just one, I'm dating one person. Polysexual people, they date many people at once and they're open about it too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of more pluses. I'm actually um, what's called a, oh, sorry, let me back up. There's also, you're going to be so schooled in sexuality, Frank. Um, sapiosexuals, was which like, is people, <laughs> a sapiosexual like is girl. somebody who um, is turned on by somebody who's intellectual. So it doesn't really matter what their physical makeup is. Their brain and their intelligence is what gets that person going sexually. I'm actually a demisexual, which means... I was just going to say that's one I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a demisexual, which means that I can only have sex with people that I have an emotional connection with. That's why I've been celibate since 2011, because my next boyfriend will be the person I end up with, not a random hookup. I actually can't do random hookups. They kind of gross me out. I can't either. But that, yeah. So we're both demisexuals. Hey. That's what, yeah, I mean, high school I wasn't because I guess that was what you consider um, a slot. No, but I definitely, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I want to say a few years ago I saw that mm-hmm. word come up demisexual and I was like oh I think that's what I really am <laughs> at the end of the yeah. day and people yeah and I mean it's I feel like it's something you try to talk about with someone else and they're like oh okay like I don't want to hear about it but I I feel right. like I don't know I feel like I I like to learn new things and I yeah. so I try to be as open-minded as possible to any situation because you never know yeah so folks that's why we have the plus on there. That's why we've added different um, sexualities because just like Frank had mentioned, when you try to talk about who you are, you get like ostracized. So you need a community, you need a home, come on over here. We'll take you in. So, um, Yeah, so that's all the topics I have. Did you have any other topics that you would like to bring up today? Um, no, maybe... Maybe not today, but you know, maybe okay. maybe a future show if you want me back, I could come up with some stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, we have 20 minutes left, um, so why don't we do this? I know that Frank has to get going because um, he has an appointment, but thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you. next show, you're definitely invited. I mean, you're great, and obviously our chemistry is amazing. We just... I wish this was live so that we have a studio audience because we deserve to be on TV. But <laughs> yeah, watch out, Edelman. <laughs> okay. I'll have my boo on. We'll talk. We'll find you a husband. Everything will be great. So, um, Any last words before we go? You can plug your social media. You can do whatever you want. Any last words? Give a shout-out. I guess I guess I will actually because it's funny you just said that at the end. I actually will, ironically. So I've been, um, I'm going. Fun fact: I'm going um, for my master's in clinical psychology. Um, so mm-hmm. I and I have a full time job too. So it's obviously like that takes up a lot of time. It's hard to, you know, really give someone the time for a serious relationship, I feel like it's kind of not fair. Like as much as I want it at the same time, mm-hmm. I can only offer so I can only offer so much and not fully like what I can truly offer to make something great. So I feel like for anyone that might be single right now um, or just not looking, like I feel like, you know, don't be ashamed that you're not like, trying to find love somewhere like you're still a good strong smart individual like you're that's just not your main goal right now you know it's something that Mm -hmm. might come later in years it's okay you don't need to be married and have kids before the age 30 Mm -hmm. that's definitely something I needed to hear because I've been struggling with that for a little bit now so thank you for saying that because I I felt like you were speaking right to me yeah Appreciate that. Um, I just wanted to once again plug my book, The um, Ice Princess. It is on Amazon. It's on Kindle. It's in Nook. It's on barnesandnoble.com. You can also go to iuniverse.com and search for it, or you can search for my last my my stage name, Emmy Morgan. Um, yeah, go ahead buy my book. The second book will be coming out soon. It's going to be called The Family Portrait, and it's a continuation of the first. Um, that's all I have. Thank you so much for coming on, Frank. I cannot wait for our next show. You're sto- I can't wait for all the stories you have to tell. I, I just know they're going to be hilarious. I'll never forget that poll story. That is hilarious. So. I've, uh, I, I almost kind of hope I don't get famous in the future because then these stories will start coming up and then I'll become a scandal. <laughs> it's fine. They're nothing that you should be ashamed of. They're kind of funny. So it's nothing you should be ashamed of. So don't worry. <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a great Sunday and um oh what's the weather like out in Western Mass? Um on I mean obviously there's the white fun stuff. <laughs> Snow <Right. laughs> or thinking otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> it's, I mean, it was, I want to say we got like maybe four, six inches, not too bad. Mm. Here like in Eastern even... Mass. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry. 
<laughs> no, I was just it's like he didn't even feel anything with four to six inches. So, you know, I ah. think people <laughs> drive. <laughs> well, we definitely didn't feel anything because I could still see the tires. So we got maybe yes. one inch. So it's like not even you didn't even no. put it in really. It's just a tip, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So the thing about living in uh, Boston, though, especially like in Boston proper and also other sections of Boston. I'm in Dorchester. Um, so when you park during a snowstorm, that's your spot for the winter and you put like markers and stuff down. Oh, this is going to be a nightmare because sometimes people don't honor the markers and they like drive over them or move them and still park in your spot. And then you have yeah. people that come back to the spot and smash your windows or scrape your car or whatever. So this should be interesting. <laughs> I haven't lived back in the city for a year, and I um, I got a pretty good spot to my apartment. So I'm like, God, thank God I don't have to go anywhere. I hope it clears up by tomorrow, because if it's still snowing by tomorrow, then I'm going to have to put a marker down, and I'm just scared that I'm going to lose my spot. Um, I actually already saw, from my window, I can kind of see different being held already, but I mean, I really have to go downstairs in order to see it, but oh. It'll be a true bird box challenge. Oh my god, I know. That's the one thing about winters in Boston I hate is the whole save my spot thing. Ugh, it's so stupid. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Frank, thank you for uh, being a part of the show. I yeah. Love you, and I cannot wait for you to come out to Boston. Probably not this week, but <laughs> um, I can't wait for us to hang out and actually spend some time in Boston. And I'll take you to a movie. So. I'll say, yeah, definitely when I'm not working or have my yeah. head in a book instead of watching, like, I'll go see <laughs> a movie <laughs> for one, yeah. so I'm not like manning it. And I mean, like I said, my family's still out there, so I'll have to stop by and steal you away and whisk you off to a movie in West Springfield and we'll have to go. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great Sunday. Yeah, have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Then check out our upcoming and archived shows right here on our Blog Talk radio page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Spilled Tea and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Spilled Tea. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of The Spilled Tea. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.